2: The absolute classic that we all enjoyed, especially if you're in Fort Worth. It's Sean, R.J., and Bobby on DFW Sports Station 105.3, The Fan. The Cowboys color analyst, Babe Laufenberg, will join us at 8:40 this morning to talk about his former team. But right now, the analyst for the Horned Frogs, John Denton, on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Good morning, John. How are you?
3: Hey guys, I'm doing good. I'm glad I'm glad y'all are warming, uh, getting warmed up with me. And then you got you got Babe for the hard stuff. You know, I mean that's uh, that's just. I'm, and I'm glad I get to talk frogs instead of cowboys. I will say that up front. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Who's your NFL team? Oh, I'm still a cowboy fan. I'm so old. I went to cowboy games when they were playing at the Cotton Bowl. So uh, yeah, I'm I've got my silver and blue, and I've got a cowboy helmet upstairs and. In the in the playroom, I'm I'm I I keep up with them, but uh, boy, howdy! I mean, uh, their inconsistency drives me crazy. I'll just say that. I know I'm not here to talk cowboys, but wow! Well, no, can, no. Can we just can we just get on track here, please?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can pop you on Tuesday when we interview Jerry at eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you like that?
3: He wouldn't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was that was Saturday?
4: Was
3: it Saturday? uh it was yes. new year's eve yeah, yeah. What,
4: hey what, i'm
3: in the, i'm in the same world what day is it what day is it
4: was was yeah.
3: that
2: was that the best game you've ever called
3: uh it was it was right up there you know we've had we've had some great games uh throughout throughout the years i mean it's like i don't i don't know if y'all mentioned it but i mean I, this is my 34th year on the crew and i've seen a lot i mean Rose Bowl was a wild game that went right down to the wire. And then we had those two Alamo bowls where the frogs got way behind and came back and won. But that, you know, yeah, that's, that's a one there for what it meant to the program and and the opportunity that it gives the frogs on Monday night. Uh, Just, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal game, obviously entertaining. I mean, the TV numbers were crazy. I saw those yesterday and uh, just, you know, just, you know, every TCU living alum and there's not a lot of them about 100,000 of them total in the world uh, i think was locked in on that game and uh, you know it was, you know it, it set up really uh, what could be uh, the the biggest win in the in the history of the school if they can pull it off on monday night
2: at what point in time in the season or after what game john did you say this is for real this isn't some cute little story this team may be or is a national championship contender. What game or, or what point was that?
3: You know, I think for me and, and, and a lot of what's happened to this team since early November, you know, comes down to defense. I mean, the defense was, was spotty at best early on in the season at Colorado's season opener. I mean, first half, we've got people running around. We can't cover anybody. and That's Colorado, and they were awful. But uh, I would say the Texas game in Austin is where I walked away going, okay, this, this group can line up and slug it out with, with big physical teams because everybody, you know, all the experts were like, there's no way TCU and that defense can hold up against Texas and their giant line. And, you know, Bijan John Robinson and Roshan Johnson are just going to pound them and they're just, you know, they're going to run for, you know, 400 yards. And, you know, the Frogs, did what they had to do to win offensively. Defense played great up to then, the best game of the year, held Dijon Robinson to 29 yards and, and pretty much shut him down. And I thought, okay, after that, I was like, this this group's for real. They're starting to play play better, and uh, the defense had to get better because you know, along the stretch, I mean, you know, 12, or 13 games, you're going to have games where the offense just is not clicking, and uh, they were able to you know, pull out that win in Austin, 17 to 10, and then we're pretty much on their way.
4: John Denton, TCU analyst, join us here at 105 through the fan. How, how have they done it? Like they, they were picked, what, seventh in the Big 12 to start the year. Uh, there was a quarterback change. I mean, how has this team done this?
3: Well, you know, I think if if you look at it, uh, and, and it's always scary, uh, and, I, and I think, you know, I, I was thinking probably the Frogs would be, I think my ballot was you know they'd finish fourth or fifth kind of middle of the league you know and hopefully you know get back to a bowl game maybe win six or seven games you know it is such a it's such a dangerous and slippery slope when you go hiring a new coach because a lot of times and you've seen it across the country this year you know it gets worse before it gets better sometimes when you change coaches and I think a couple of things have have contributed to this number one you had a lot of talent. Gary Patterson left a lot of talent behind when when he left TCU and uh it was also an older football team, more mature. And I think from a from a psychological mental standpoint, I mean they were a little more prepared probably to to deal with a coaching change and deal with the change of of culture and and the way that uh, they go about it and you know new offensive and defensive systems, everything's different. And uh you know, I think You've got to give the players a lot of credit for having the maturity and uh, the mindset of saying, "Okay, we're going to buy in." And uh, they they've absorbed a lot in the last 15 months. You know, I mean, a year ago Halloween, Gary Patterson got fired, and this this program was in a tailspin. And you know, it turned out to be a great hire, Sonny Dykes and his staff. You got to give them credit for for building relationships immediately, and uh, and getting buy-in from the players. And, you know, obviously, you know, they got off to a good start, two, three wins in a row. And, you know, they, they just gradually kind of built it on a roll. And, uh, you know, they 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 take it, you know, it sounds cliche one game at a time, but they, you know, they, they, they have stayed focused all year long. And a lot of that comes down to approach. They They're more concerned about what they do and how they execute, not so much, you know, who they're playing or what they're, uniforms look like or you know what the logo is or all the other things that fans and sometimes media get tied up with
5: there's been a lot of talk about uh you know the the lack of respect for tcu's resume and and how they played this football season and and not getting enough national credit but in a way has has that been sort of a blessing in disguise for them because i mean sonny dykes appears to have been able to use it as hey this is our rallying cry this is something i can I can get everybody on board with is hey they don't they don't think you are anything go go out there and prove them wrong has it has it sort of been a bit of a blessing to have that doubt for Sonny Dykes' coaching style?
3: Yeah, I think so, and I mean I think most of it's come since the Big Twelve championship game when you really started to get more national attention and and people were paying more. I mean wall to wall media paying attention to you know what was going on and you know I I think some of those uh, experts and pundits uh, probably you know, missed the Texas game, missed the Oklahoma game, you know, missed uh, the Baylor game, missed the first Kansas State game, and, you know, there was a stretch there where TCU pretty much out all those teams, and, you know, never trailed in Austin, you know, never uh, trailed against Oklahoma, never trailed against Michigan. I mean, I think this team's built a resume, but still, you know, they they entered the national championship game as a 13-point underdog. I, I look at that and I'm I'm closer to it than than most people, but I'm like, are you kidding me? This <laughs> this is an older team, that is you know very capable. It's skilled. They're as healthy as they've been all year, and you know all last week. You know uh, I was doing interviews and on radio talk radio shows in Detroit and you know the Upper Midwest, and people are like, oh, but how are they going to handle this offensive line for Michigan? I'm like, TCU's offensive line on average, is an inch taller and 17 pounds heavier. I mean, uh, what wh- what are you guys looking at here? I mean, obviously not looking at the numbers and not looking at the two deep or, or the roster. So I I really think Sonny has been able to take it and, you know, kind of stir the drink with it a little bit. And and uh, that, that TCU football team that jumped out to a lead on Michigan the other day reminded me a lot of the 2014 team that just throttled Ole Miss in the uh, in the Peach Bowl after they got left out of the out of the first ever playoff. Got moved from three to six, you know, in the last vote. It's a very angry bunch, but kind of a controlled anger. And they they didn't go out try to start fights. I mean, they just went out and executed. And you know what? They they keep answering the bell. The mental toughness of this team is, I think, what's what's carried it and uh, will be a weapon for them going into the game Monday night.
2: TCU analyst John Denton here on Sean and RJ one hundred and five through the fan. Who were you rooting for, if you're allowed to root? I don't know or say at the end of the Peach Bowl.
3: You know, I, I it didn't really matter. I mean, after we won, they're like, "Well, you know, we'll see what happens." Uh, you know, I, I've said all year that you know I think Georgia is uh, you know they're kind of the big techs of uh of the fair so to speak i mean uh, i mean <laughs> how gonna, so gonna be well just you know the sheer the sheer speed the size They've you know they've just been dominant all year long and you know you look at uh, i watched some tape yesterday i mean they've got four defensive linemen that are all you know nfl draft picks and i mean they've just they have a lot of things going for them and uh you know you you look at stetson bennett his story is kind of similar to to uh, Max Duggan, I mean, yet you, you know, a w- former walk-on, a guy who was a survivor, just you know, got got kind of thrown in, got his chance, and has made made the best of it. I mean, just you know, it's been a a, a really magical couple of year run for uh, for Kirby Smart in Georgia, and you know, but either one of them is going to be tough. I mean, Ohio State, look what they did to Georgia. I mean, they, you know, took them right to the wire and if, you know, the kicker doesn't choke, we're, we're talking Buckeyes instead of uh, Bulldogs, but it's, uh, you know, I think probably, over, you know, going into it last weekend, I was thinking probably Ohio State would have been the better matchup uh, for the Frogs, but, you know, after seeing what happened uh, last Saturday and, and the way the Frogs played, especially on goal line defense and the way that they created takeaways and, you know, jumped on Michigan pretty quick. Uh, you know, I don't know that it matters right now. I think, you know, the Frogs have got to go out and play their game. And, you know, in the turnover department, you look at – that's one stat as I looked at Georgia's stuff Monday morning. I couldn't believe – you know, the Frogs are four, plus 14 in turnover margin this year. They That defense has kind of become – uh, a have They've created a habit of, of creating turnovers and getting interceptions and, and forcing fumbles. They're plus plus fourteen on the year. Georgia's minus two, which I I could not believe mm-hmm. that that defense and as much talent as they have and you know the way they hit people and throttle them and and uh, and I thought coming out of the SEC they probably are you know plus twenty, but they're minus two. I, I think that's that's a stat to keep an eye on because uh, teams that uh, get into those habits, pretty much keep those habits, you know, throughout the year.
4: Is there a matchup that favors TCU? Is there a spot to exploit on George? I know it's hard to say you can exploit something on them because they got talent everywhere, but is there is there one?
3: Yeah, well, you know, I think the, the one thing TCU's got going for it is, you know, they've got a quarterback who makes great reads. Max Duggan, you know, he I don't want to say he filleted, Michigan but he he dissected them he he knew what was coming made reads changed plays and you know there are a couple of times where he checked from a pass play to a run play and you know two Michigan guys that are on run blitzes ran right by Kendra Miller and you're like oops there he goes (laughs) and I mean I mean I think Max Duggan's headiness and his knowledge of the game is going to be a big, big key that, that may be an advantage for TCU. The other thing is TCU has so much size and speed at the wide receiver spot, and they can put so many different combinations of wide outs on the field. Uh, they can go all 6'4 or taller. They can put a couple of the big guys on the outside. They can put, you know, DeCorius Spivey, who's 6'5. He's kind of a tight end uh, wide receiver hybrid in the slot. I mean, there are a lot of things that they can throw at this Georgia secondary, and I think if there's a soft spot anywhere on the entire Georgia team, it may be their secondary. Yeah, they've they've been burned at times this year and had trouble covering people, and uh, I think I think that may be an area where TCU can exploit. And I'll tell you another guy to keep an eye on uh, is uh, the big tight end Jared Wiley, who's a transfer from Texas. He's six seven. And he's made some great catches this year. And in tight spots, you know, when you've got to get a yard or you, maybe you need to throw down near the goal line, he is a great, great target. And uh, I think this game uh, stacks up to where, you know, a big six-seven tight end could really have an impact. This
2: is your last game?
3: Last one, 34 years. And uh, the, odd, the odd thing or the irony is that uh, my first game on the crew at TCU was 1988. September the 10th in Athens against Georgia. Wow. Full so, circle. Well, this feels like yeah. destiny, huh? Yeah, maybe. I, after, after that guy hooked that field goal for Ohio State, I was like, well, yes, <laughs> I better look for a pair of uh, Bulldog bookends because that's, uh, that's where it starts <laughs> and finishes as far as my uh, TCU radio career goes.
2: Well, look, man, congratulations on a hell of a run. Have a great call. Uh, we'll all be following it and best of luck with the next venture, John. Thank you for your
3: time. Hi right, buddy, appreciate uh, appreciate the visit and yeah, hey y'all make sure choppy behaves you know it's Monday night. <laughs> I know he gets he gets wound up on games.
2: did you did you think of RJ this year while the volunteers were having a great season?
3: Yeah, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's Rocky Top. I mean, you know, back in the day, I've heard him sing Rocky Top, and oh. he does that old deal where they go, woo, and all that. <laughs> I do. That's right. You got
4: to woo. If you don't woo, you're just not a fan. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, man.
2: Hey. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. John Denton on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Babe Laufenberg at 840 to talk about the new commander's quarterback. But I think we have someone else to dislike. The Cowboys loved him. I think we have someone new to dislike in the NFC East, plus the words that you're not allowed to say this entire year. Next on The
0: Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: Will join us at 8 40 this morning. Also, Mike Golick Jr. in the final hour of the show to talk a little national championship here on Sean R J and Bobby. It's DFW Sports Station 1053 the fan. This is why Kayvon Thibodeau had a reputation while coming out in the draft. Cowboys had him. What was their board? One, one two, three?
5: He was number one. Um, and Evan Neal was too. Yeah, two, Neal was too. I can't remember who three was for them. But yeah, it, was, uh, it may have been Sauce Gardner. Um, but yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau was their number one guy. So Thibodeau
2: was doing the Snow Angels next mm-hmm. to an injured Nick Foles. Benefit of the doubt, did he know that Foles was hurt? Writhing in pain. No benefit of the doubt, when Thibodeau went to the sideline and did the night-night, I put Foles to sleep after the guy was hurt. Jeff Saturday... Six-time Pro Bowler, Jeff Saturday. Great offensive lineman, Jeff Saturday. Head coach of Indianapolis for now, Jeff Saturday. Called the celebration trash and also suggested he wanted his team to retaliate. He wanted them to put hands on Kayvon Thibodeau. Yesterday, Thibodeau was asked by the New York media
6: what he thought of Saturday. I just want to say, who's the gatekeeper of when to do something? So once we figure out who the gatekeeper is, then we can write the rules and then we can establish, you know, the narratives and things like that. But until, you know, you guys actually are in the sport and do it and be in that moment, you can't create a narrative on it, you know? Well, we're not creating a narrative on it.
4: The
1: guy, the other team's coach had a problem, and he's the guy who played the game. The
0: other team players I don't, I don't had know a who he is.
6: Now I just don't know who like anybody who comments on it, unless I know who they are, doesn't really affect me. That's it.
4: Huh! Man, I don't know you. Your opinion doesn't matter.
5: God, do you, do you remember us doing the draft show, and there when was brought us maybe wear that stupid bow tie. Yeah, yeah, that. But yeah. also the conversation where we're talking about like Thibodeau sliding and <laughs> everything was like, but what's about ma- so so what? Yeah, he's a little uh, he's a little prickly. What does that matter? And it's like well, that's like you deal with that personality. Imagine dealing with that in the locker room. And just it's it's not all roses with Kayvon Thibodeau. Like and and people, I think the comment.
2: The comment, I'd be more worried about. Forget about. I don't know who he is. Like, oh, he isn't not a student of the game. Disrespectful. His whole
4: gatekeeper philosophy in the beginning of that, I'd be like, okay, this guy thinks different. He does. Also, we're four days after, or uh, two days after it when he when he said this comment, a player nearly dying on the field. Like, yeah, there is mm. a, you know, like th- this is not the time to say, oh, I, I, who's to tell me I can't celebrate an injury? Mm. I didn't even think about that. Well, that's why they paid me the big bucks (laughs) or the no bucks, whatever
5: it is. Yeah, you should have used Sean's line. Of course, it's a great point. I said it. Yeah, Yeah.
4: (laughs)
2: that is my new favorite line. Uh, But RJ is about likability in twenty twenty third. Right,
5: that's your new favorite cap.
2: Cap, cap. So, (laughs) what what's the best way to describe him? Or what do people say about
5: Thibodeau? Who's killing it this year? Right. I mean, Uh, he's been he's been good. Uh, I I mean, I, I don't think he's been as good as as. He advertised yet, but i um, mean, pass rushers usually have a little bit of a a growth period that they need to go through. But I mean, in terms of describing,
2: you got a 72 pro football focus, maybe he shined in like the right games that were nationally televised or in the spotlight. oh, he
5: he wrecked uh, Sunday night. Was it, football. was it was it was it Terrence Steele he was crushing or mm. was it Tyler Smith? I can't remember which. Get somebody struggled really bad against Styles, he had five quarterback hits that day.
2: Ooh. Oh, he dominated on a Sunday night because Collinsworth was... Is-
5: Slobby. Yeah, he's, he's had a couple big-time big, big time games, um, but he's – man, he, he is a – he's an emotional player, and not in the sense of, like, intense, like emotional, like got hurt at Oregon and told the entire coaching staff, I'm opting out. And the next day came back and said, no, I'm not. And then the next day came back and told them he was opting out again and then came back and said he wasn't. So, like, he's just – he he's an emotional player. A lot of teams found him to be very – arrogant and off-putting, <laughs> and so that's why he... A lot of people, even though they had him number one in terms of talent, a lot of people just were kind of like, as eh, is that who we want to infuse in our culture, though? All right. Choppy is one of the few that does not like Brian Dayball.
2: Dabes, as Corey Majors calls him. I call him Ball. Ball? Mm-hmm. Ball. What do we think about this story? That Brian Dayball intentionally set Daniel Jones up to fail in training camp. He drew up The better plays for Tyrod Taylor. He told Wink Martindale, the new coordinator, what plays they were running when Daniel Jones was taking the reps to watch how Daniel Jones was going to respond to not having any success. Brian Dayball, that's the story, coming out of New York, set Daniel Jones up to fail to test him emotionally in training camp. Football guy.
4: Every day, every day, another another piece of the puzzle falls into place. I kind of like this
2: one. What a loser this guy is! I kind of like this. I one do, I do way. too. But
5: aren't you limited in the amount of padded reps you really get during training camp, and you're going to waste them on? Well, Let's no. intentionally set the offense up to fail. Maybe that's why they haven't scored more than thirty points except one time this year. He's Very a f- good point. He's a football guy. They, he's a football guy. They don't they don't worry about the
4: CBA and how much they're allowed to practice. He didn't worry about that. He's too busy looking for the rest of his neck. <laughs> all right, give me your all right. Give me your
2: top three most disliked people in the NFC East. Coaches only, or, or, or people. Uh, Coaches, players, and the Cowboys can be on the list. Your top three. Sirianni, Sirianni's
5: one. Sirianni's in there. I don't know that he's in there. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm. I'm. guessing he's one. But I, Daniel Snyder's one. Okay. Snyder. Then Sirianni. I, I even
4: think of Daniel Snyder. He's so irrelevant. To okay. Me. Okay.
5: okay but at. to know that he's over, like it's not just. Ha ha. What a. What a dummy! Or, or oh, he's done this or that wrong. Like, it's also not to the point where it's like, okay, you're you're also disrespecting the memory of a beloved player like Sean Taylor. Like, there's a lot to be upset about with Daniel Snyder. I'm so I feel like Choppy's like
2: taking my order right now with yeah. like <laughs> holding <laughs> on this this notepad so, and the pen. I feel so, like I need to ask. waters waters all around. For everybody. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just no, he's ask. got the headset
5: on, so he's like working at the drive-through. I'll just like bring you a, four waters. I feel like I'm a dairy it comes queen. with a cream sauce. You yes. know, as a uh, no, I would say uh, Daniel Snyder. Nick Sirianni, and then who would see? I don't hate Sirianni. Oh, because God, here no, we no.
3: go. I don't
4: know because <laughs> uh, I, I like the attack
5: everything kind of thing. We're gonna Ooh, ta-
2: dayball does the same stuff. Yeah, but it's different. You it's, call
4: dayball a tool, and you it's different
2: because it's cause, different
5: because nobody hates dayball, and Chop's got to take the contrarian. No, yeah, that. <laughs> Chop no, it's
4: it's the fact that he you know, he talks about potting plants, Sirianni, right? I don't hate Syria. I don't like it. I don't hate him, yeah. though. It,
5: it grows. You f- can't see it, but it's growing. Yeah. It's a, a
4: process guy. I like process guys. Okay, so who's your top three? All right, uh, uh, let's see. Dayball. One. Uh, Yep. Uh, Rivera. Oh.
5: Because
2: of
4: the ping pong
2: table? You've yeah. never let go of this damn ping Miami pong table. Miami took the ping
5: pong tables out again yesterday, by the way. They oh. brought them back. They took them back out again. Was That's that, sweet.
2: though, from my boy or the team? I think the I don't want to blame McDaniel for anything. I don't, know who,
5: I don't know who took it out. Except for Tua
4: and everything. All right, who's three? Uh, the 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 Tish family. Just both of them. Both families. They're tied. Why? I just don't like them. I don't like them. They try to be their parents. they other parents. Okay, <laughs> they stink at what they do. Uh, they fired Dave Gettleman. I hated that they fired Dave Gettleman. Yeah. They should have hung on to Gettleman. Uh, so I'm going to put them at three. Sirianni's one. It's not even close. It's not even a debate. Uh, he's the worst. Uh,
2: I could be talked into Snyder at number two, and are we being total complete homers if no one's going to throw Jerry Jones on one of their lists? Because of this discussion, Wait, is, this, is, this, is, this, is this like our our
5: own distaste, yeah, or is it, or, or do you think the distaste within the division? Because yeah, of course yeah. Jerry would be up there if we're considering public perception, but I thought we're just doing our own. Yeah, list.
2: It, it is our own. Well, then yeah, Jerry but wouldn't a ton be up of there for if me. Jerry would.
5: No, Jerry wouldn't. Oh, okay. I mean, if we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna talk about people in the organization. <laughs> <laughs> there's a head coach. You we at. have Mike
2: McCarthy on tomorrow as a big whale at seven <laughs> fifteen, and then I'm trying to come up with number three. Fantex have
5: any? Kelvin Joseph for me.
2: Whoa! <laughs> wow. yeah. No hesitation. Uh, one, two, and three. Hey, <laughs> Kelvin Joseph. He's so irrelevant. I don't even know what Kelvin Joseph sounds like. I I I can't hate on Kelvin Joseph. You don't too listen much. to his
5: his music. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, there's got to gonna... be one other name we're not thinking.
2: I'm of. I'm trying to think if
5: there's got to be some like Lance. super heel sting. football player. But yeah. like and I'm trying to think, there's nobody on the Eagles that like stands out to me as obvious. But I feel like there's got to be some. E- I don't know. Lane I John? John? Oh, yeah, Jason what about Kelsey? Kelsey,
2: Kelsey or Lane? Mm, Kelsey.
5: I think Kelsey. I kind of like Kelsey. We'd love... um, He's fun. What What about a uh, you you. Just like Devontae Smith after kicking in the door and robbing the Salvation Army.
2: The guy hates charity. He does. The guy hates the kids. So Mm -hmm. there you go. All right. I was just thinking about that off the top of my head.
5: Trucker, uh, trucker
4: trucker.com text line coming in saying, uh, you guys saying Sirianni is making my Siri go off my phone. Oh, Uh, really? (laughs) uh, Let's see. Uh. Then, now people aren't even following the rules anymore because they're just going around the NFL in general. No. Uh, a lot of people are doing that. All right. Let's get to the words
2: that we're apparently not allowed to say. Oh, man. For the
4: entire year. And then Babe Laufenberg coming up in 10 minutes. Okay. So these are words that have been used in recent years that have grown so common and so overused that you now need to stop using them. This is from Lake Superior State University. Every year. Since 1976, they have put together a list of the words they need to stop being used. The buzzwords that have created a groundswell of support that everybody uses.
5: Soups. We will never stop using soups. Okay, all so. right. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we need to have the words that Choppy's banned from That's my.
2: That was my biggest <laughs> likability moment for Choppy's girlfriend when in Oxnard she said, I said, is this all because of you, all these abbreviations? And she's like, no. Absolutely not. I don't know where it came from. It came from
4: somewhere but not from her. So oh, that's thumbs okay. up. By the way, they're called a breeves. What are the words? <laughs> These are the banished words for misuse, overuse and uselessness. Okay. For 2023.
5: Gaslighting. Yeah, that that's been Ooh. That's been overdone. Yes.
2: Okay. So I still don't really technically know what gaslighting is. I don't either. Is it like I'm trying to troll you? I'm trying no, 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 to take no, no, you no. off? Ga-
5: gaslighting is like uh, basically mind blanking somebody into believing an alternate truth. Or alternate so reality, I'm like lying so, so, so manipulating so like, you. So like, so yeah, manipulation basically. Somebody who is like done something wrong, like I, somebody who cheated on their spouse, and then somehow convinces the spouse that it's really your fault that I cheated. That's oh, okay, okay. Rever- like
4: reverse psychology. Yeah, kinda. all yeah. right, all right. Next one, quiet quitting. Never heard of it.
5: I don't know that. I think maybe I've seen it in a headline from like Huffington Post, but that's it. What does that mean? Is that still a website? I mean, quiet it shows quitting. up in Google.
4: Is so like, you you're you're at work, and you basically like. You basically stop working, you quietly quit. Like you just kind of fade like you away. mail it in. You mail it in, yeah, mailing oh. it in. Uh, basically is, is is an easy way to say it. You're just, you know, you're not taking on more responsibilities than your you're, job you're requires. You're lazy. You're a bum. Uh, yeah, or you just hate you just hate your job, and you're like you don't really want to get fired. Yeah, but you also don't want to quit. All right, so you kind of like just why I quit. So that's number two.
2: Uh, I love this one. Keep him. I'm trying so hard to keep my <laughs> mouth shut right now. A goat. Ooh. Okay. This I, is so overused. I have a issue, major issue with Brad Sham with this. You know. Does Brad say it? He. I think he, he used to always call Jason Witten the goat. Oh. It has to be singular. We cannot have multiple goats. He's goaded, bro. There can only be one goat per sport. It drives me crazy. Dirk is not the goat. I'm sorry. Stop saying it. Well, if you want to have an international player discussion,
5: Sean hates dirt.
2: No, y'all heard it. Or the greatest maverick, but Mm. no, Michael's the goat. That's it. Tom is the goat. That's it. It cannot be allowed for other people. Get
4: it out of here. We can't have multiple goats. Okay.
5: Okay. There. I I agree.
4: (laughs) I agree. But thank you. They also it's it's used a lot in the gaming. We're I'm goaded. I'm goaded today. I'm goaded. I'm cracked. Yeah, I'm what, cracked. What does that mean? If goated? you're
5: goated, it means you're you're awesome. I'm I'm the best. I'm goated. Yeah, goat has just basically become like slang for one of the elites. Yeah, uh, he's the goat. Right. You you know, that's, we were, that's what it means. And also, now when
4: when we were kids, it was a bad thing to be the goat. You're the goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're, you're the goat's bad. Yes. Then all of a sudden, yeah. Somewhere, the, who's the blame? The goat yeah, who's the blame? It's an a It's an a That's it why is. we use it now. Yes, absolutely. Roll through these. Wait, what? Wait, what? That phrase, wait, what?
2: Okay. Uh, not, not really prevalent in my life. Wait, what?
4: Mm. Uh, okay, boomer. That's dead. That's been yeah, dead, that's I,
2: been think. Good, I, I think. I don't think anybody's
5: really used that for like a year.
4: Uh, this is one for Christian Wood because he used this yesterday. Organic. You know, we just want to organically create uh, <laughs> great stuff here. You know, organic was never even a th- I didn't even know what the word, I don't think I heard the word organic in my life until I was like 20. Really? Organic foods. Well, the problem How with, old are you? With, with, 43.
2: with with the foods is going to be a problem to get rid of organic
4: because of the the I can Easily get rid of organic. Call foods. it farm fresh.
2: You don't. wear yeah. you, you all don't
4: organic shop? Oh, really? Not that I know of. Good I mean, we don't you. go to the store and say, "Oh, let me go to the organic aisle." Good. If it just happens, I mean, if that's what they have at Trader Joe's, at mm, I feel, I feel maybe. like you
5: would be an organic guy because I've heard you say several times before the phrase "eat clean." Like, hey, it's uh, hard to eat clean, you know, without blah, blah, blah. So I would feel like you would be an organic guy.
4: Fair, fair, but you're also training dirty with that. How many How many more do we have? Oh, there's a million more. All right, a I million. like this. Let's continue this.
2: Uh, the words you can't use anymore in 2023 because we have to get to the color analyst of the Cowboys. How did he view the Demar Hamlin situation? And give us the scout report. Babe Kuyper Jr. on...
5: The goat. He's the goat. <laughs>
6: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Let's bring in Cowboys color analyst Babe Luffenberg. Every Thursday at this time here on Sean and RJ along with Bobby Belt 105 through the fan. You want to talk about desperation on these two teams? Oh. Good
4: God. I thought you were going to say we had to bring a babe on with desperation.
2: (laughs) I can hear him laughing right now. Uh, One screen on one of the first fake shows has the Cowboys topic of releasing James Washington. The other won't stop showing Tad Prescott tweets over the Cowboys playing their starters.
5: Good God. Second greatest James Washington in the history of the Cowboys.
2: How is James Washington and Tad Prescott topics for these national shows. Babe Laufenberg, good morning, sir. That was RJ who insulted you, not me.
7: No, I love the desperate. Desperate times call for desperate measures, <laughs> right. and that means let's bring on Babe. Yeah, let's
5: bring on well, well, Babe. Well, Babe actually crushed it last week when Choppy wasn't here, so I think Choppy is the one who brings brings it down.
7: Ah, uh, <laughs> I like that. Maybe. I like should be. Hey, and Dirk is the GOAT. Let's no, make no mistake Goated. So
2: he's better than LeBron? No, but he's oh. just the GOAT. Well, The, the, it's true. If you, not them greatest of all time, the
7: greatest. If you told me who do you want for 21 years in your city, representing your team, not that I don't like LeBron. uh, I'm going to tell you Derek. You say Michael
2: Jordan or I'd win all the championships. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get literal. We got to get technical about it. I love it. I love it. All right, babe. uh, In all seriousness, your thoughts as Monday night football was playing out uh, with Bill's safety, uh, DeMar Hamlin.
7: Boy, you know, like everyone, you probably had a million of them. And I was watching it, and uh, you just couldn't kind of believe what you were seeing um, because you hadn't seen it before. Uh, obviously, we've seen, you know, stretches come out for players and all that. But you could uh, – again, this isn't a revelation. You could just tell by the, the by the player's reaction. But something was serious here, and obviously it turned out to be about as serious as you can get. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I watched it and then ultimately I turned it off, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they started going back to Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark, who I understand did a great job, all that good stuff. It wasn't them that turned me off. I mean, I just said, I don't need to see or hear anymore of this. And I was going to do some work that night. I was going to study some tape and I wanted nothing to do with football at that point. Mm. Um, I don't know how everybody else felt, but, um, you know, it was yeah. You know, I was like literally sick to my stomach.
2: Babe, did you ever have uh, a feeling before a game or teammates uh having that feeling, I don't know, if we can play this game. I don't know if we're prepared. And what do you think, you know, to that end about the NFL maybe pushing back these games this weekend?
7: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to decide and as you guys know, no matter what they decide, it's going to be the wrong thing, right? right, right. Somebody's going to have a complaint about whatever it is. And I I do believe that the NFL is going to try to do the right thing and do the right thing by the teams. And uh, I I give them the benefit of the doubt there. And I know there are times where they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I I think they're going to try to do, again, what's right. Now the question is, what is right? Um, You know, I, I don't even know if you just have a coin flip between the two teams. If you ask both Cincinnati and Buffalo, look, what if we just flipped a coin? I'm not so sure that they wouldn't say, But that's okay with us. I think anything and everything is kind of on the table at this point. Um, No, I've never had a situation where it's been that serious. Um, I I will tell you, and this is not to make it about me, although it'll sound like I'm making it about me, but I think every player, I bet you half the players have gone through something where they said, oh my gosh, am am I paralyzed? Am I this? Am I... And I, I was playing at Indiana. We're playing Iowa, and I get hit in the throat by Andre Tippett, oh. future Hall of Famer for the New England Patriots. But, I mean, it, he literally closed down my windpipe. wasn't intentional, but he's coming in to you know make the tackle. And back then, you could hit high and low and anywhere you wanted. And anyway, he, he I got like just a punch to the throat. I could not breathe. I literally thought I was going to die. They wow. came out on the field and they if you, if you can picture this so they turned me upside down so my my lower body was on the ground but my helmet uh, what well, the crown of my helmet was then on the ground so i'm bending backwards they're just trying to open up the airway so that i can breathe wow um and i swear to you i said i mean you could not you could not get a breath i could not get anything down my windpipe and uh, you know thank goodness that they had the ability to do that um but it was it was it was crazy and again hey I, I, there's a lot of players again i don't want to say that everybody has gone through what demar hamlin did because that that's not true it's not accurate. it's not even close but you know there are some times where something happens where you go, oh my goodness but then obviously the, you have medical personnel whatever it is to and you you back out right um, so that was what was really disturbing, the length of time. Uh, you, you just knew with that length of time that they were out there. And you know, nobody really knew what was happening. But uh, you, you knew the length of time w- was not good.
4: If, if both teams are cool, like with playing and playing that game, do you think that the league kind of has to play it
7: if both teams want to? Um, yeah, and I, I think they will – Defer to the teams. Let me just backtrack. The last thing the NFL is going to do or or should do um, is have have either team Cincinnati or Buffalo say, you know, we really don't want to do that. And then you say, no, 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 you're going to do that. I I think both teams are in a situation where um, they're going to they're going to do what the other team wants to do, if that makes any sense. Neither team is going to say, no, 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 that's not fair. We want to play on this day or we want to do this. You know, obviously it's been discussed, could go to a neutral site. There's any number of things you can do to to get it. But really, to me, the teams and the coaches and the organizations, those two teams are going to drive the discussion. I don't want to say they need to be involved. They need to drive it. They need to say, here's what we decided, and just have the NFL give their seal of approval to me as opposed to the NFL saying, here's what we decided are you guys okay with this? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But there's, hey, we're at the playoffs. This isn't, uh, you know, the COVID years, obviously team got hit with COVID or whatnot. They had to reschedule. There were bye weeks in there. We, you know, we're out of bye weeks, obviously, at the end of the season. So it's going to be difficult logistically. There's just no way around that.
2: Babe Laufenberg here on The Fan. Last week, you pulled out the draft scouting notebook for (laughs) Malik Willis. We got the last-second surprise that Dobbs was going to play, and now Washington yeah. is switching things up to Sam Howe. Do you have the Sam Howe draft report?
7: I do. And as a matter of fact, I tweeted before the draft. I think I'll have to go back and, and find that and retweet it if that's possible. But uh, I, I loved him coming out of UNC. Hmm. I'm not so sure that he wouldn't have been my guy. Now, that doesn't mean taking him with the number one pick in the draft, but I liked him as well as anybody coming out. So here's a, here's a report I have. Uh, too tough for his own good. I mean, he would just run into people. That, that's not gonna <laughs> work in the NFL. All right. uh, UNC ran him too much. He got the crap beat out of him. Uh, they took 47 sacks. UNC last year wasn't very good. They were good the year before. Uh, good arm, effortless, th- delivery, good footwork, nice balance, good runner, strong and nifty. Uh, a lot of drops. <laughs> Back every Every game I was like, Well, they dropped that one. Well, they just dropped that. Well, by the end of the game, you have like five drops every game. So the numbers might not have looked. And I I said a little bit of Baker Mayfield in him. Now you can decide whether that's good or bad, but he's kind of got a little bit, that same build stocky. Uh, I do know this, the, the Washington commanders, they were not going into that draft looking to get a quarterback. Now you could say, well, that was stupid, but. You know, they 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 just signed Wentz and oh, you Heineke and blah blah blah. But anyway, when Hal when was sitting in their fifth round, they just thought thought he was too good to pass up. And uh and I would agree. Now, that being said, Sunday's gonna be a whole different ballgame for him. And he's so far removed from getting reps. I always said that the best thing that happened to Cooper Rush was he played early in the season, right? He he played in week two, played a little bit in week one, started in week two. But he had all those training camp reps, off-season reps, preseason game reps. Sam Howell doesn't have that benefit. You know, he's four months removed from, you know, getting on the field and playing legitimate football. So we'll see where it goes, but uh, I really do like him. Yes.
5: I uh, I, I found Babe's tweet. By the way, and and you want oh, to hear his you you want to hear his Nostradamus can, takes on the quarterback how can you find class.
7: My tweet? Because how I can you find my tweet? and I can't
5: beca- because I'm Penn Badgley. <laughs> He's From young. You. I, wow, I, that's I, a really good reference. Thank, thank you. Uh, a couple of, a couple of babes takes here. Sam Howell is the quarterback I would take first. I know that won't happen, but I'm not going to regurgitate other people's opinions. Malik Willis really scares me with poor mechanics, and then uh, here's the home run. Love Bailey Zappi as early mid-round pick. Crushed the quarterback, ticks. He's the
7: guy. Somebody needs to hire me, it sounds like. All
2: right, look, (laughs) I want to give you the list of the – this came out last night, so kind of a pop quiz. I want to give you the latest candidates for the Hall of Fame 2023 class. I'm just going to rip through the names, and you tell me the three, four, five, six that jump out to you they should be in or you have strong opinions about. Ready? Okay. Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Joe Thomas, Willie Anderson, Jared Allen, Patrick Willis, Demarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Freeney, Albert Lewis, Rondé Barber, Revis, and Darren Woodson. I know I probably should have told you to get a pen.
7: I already had one. Oh, look at this <laughs> Always guy. Always prepared. Look at this guy. Oh Yes, I already had one. I saw. I wrote down most of them. Okay, uh, you know, Dan Woodson, I'm going to take off the table because he's a cowboy and I'm biased, okay? okay? All right. Is that fair? Sure, it's your list. Okay, Devin Hester, literally the way Peyton Manning took Denver to a Super Bowl and the way quarterbacks take teams to Super Bowl, Devin Hester – Put that Bears team with Rex Grossman at quarterback to the Super Bowl mm. that year. They won. Chicago won games by taking the ball away on defense and Devin Hester returning punts and kickoffs. So, and I think those punt and kick returners are underrepresented, okay. right? If we want to talk about three phases of the game, well, you got to get a few of those guys in. So Hester is in.
1: All right.
2: It's funny
7: Holt and Wayne and Johnson and uh, who was, who was the third? Yeah, Andre Johnson. They're almost. The same guy Mm -hmm. Uh, the numbers get so inflated now that that, you know they've all got a thousand receptions i'm assuming i'd have to look at all that and have somebody make the argument they're all worthy but um now demarcus again biased but he he should have been in the first one Uh, albert lewis if you're not of a certain age um
2: i had no idea who he was
7: okay played for kansas city corner great corner. I mean, let me just tell you, he, he would get my vote. I remember. Wow. Yes. We were, we were, well, I was with the Cowboys. It was Troy's rookie year. We played Kansas city and they had, the team was not good, but their two corners were great. (laughs) And their safety drawn cherry was, was excellent. Mm -hmm. But I said, you're going to feel they're going to play press man coverage all day. And you're not, you're not going to find an open receiver. I don't know what Troy went number-wise in that game, but they just shut us down on the outside. They would lock on, play man. Again, if their team, if the team was better, they would have got a lot more recognition. But right. they were playing in you know kind of a small market, bad team for years. But Albert Albert Lewis was about as good as it could get. Okay. So he he's got my vote. Anybody
2: I'm missing in there? Revis, Joe Thomas, in. Yeah, Joe Thomas. Just
7: you know, it's so funny because. I'll be quick here because nobody wants to talk offensive tackles. But what do you make? Eleven straight Pro Bowls. Ten. N- literally never missed a snap. I mean, Man. he had he had the consecutive snap deal, not just games or starts. He didn't miss a play for all those years. And if he were a quarterback, you, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even begin to talk about him, right? I don't think he ever played in the playoff game. Yeah, right. <laughs> but right. he's not a quarterback. But uh, I, I would say Joe Thomas probably gets in there as well.
2: Excellent. As always. Thank you, babe. Have a good trip, man.
7: Okay, Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Watch out for that Sam Howell now.
2: Oh, Babe (laughs) Laufenberg on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Tua should sue the NFL. Mike Tomlin will always be underrated. And this is Bill Belichick's best coaching job ever. Choppy's NFL overreactions or not, next.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.